How are you? I'm good. I haven't seen you for a week. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here we are with part two of the case of Kaylee Anthony. Kaylee. Oh, did you say Kaylee? Or just say Casey? God damn it. Their names are so similar. I I feel like I kind of blacked out a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyway. Kaylee Anthony. Yeah, Yeah. Kaylee. Um, We're definitely not here for Casey's ass. No. We're here because of her ignorant ass. How about that? That's true. Yeah. Yeah, we're getting a little philosophical today. We're going to talk about some theories. We're going to talk about um, discrepancies in things because Mm -hmm. um, if you recall from the top of episode one, we talked about that Kaylee Casey, Kaylee did not put out a documentary. Um, Casey put out a documentary on Peacock. Peacock about her side of the case. And you cannot see my air quotes, but uh, yeah, so we're going to talk about some of those things. And uh, I guess we're starting with a trial. So do you want to yeah. start? Yeah, there's no better place to start. Um, so the date is May 4th, 2011. Um, Casey's, let's bit the shit out of my tongue. Oh no. Um, <laughs> Casey's attorney, Jose Baez. And I have this stupid little note, which I thought was funny when I wrote it. Not to be confused with the finest Puerto Rican Javier Baez. He's the player <laughs> for the Chicago Cubs. Yes. Um, so Jose Baez begins with a shocking opening statement that Kaylee drowned on June 16th to... Why did I put 2018 like an idiot? <laughs> that she drowned on June 16th, 2008 in the family swimming pool and that George covered it up. So if you remember, June 16th of 08, this was the day that Casey took investigators to that apartment and then to Universal Studios where she didn't work. So up until this point, Casey has only claimed that Kaylee was abducted by Zenaida Fernandez-Gonzalez. Now... Um, kind of pitching their case to the jury. Um, Jose has also alleged that George had molested Casey, which induced her habit of lying, and that Ray Kronk um, had found Kaylee's body and placed it in the woods. In taking the stand as a first witness, George outright denies that he had ever molested Casey and that he knew anything about Kaylee's drowning, which, like, Swinging a fucking, like, I don't know, foul ball. Like, these are, like, some crazy fucking things to get started mm-hmm. in Look the trial all with. These baseball references I, fucking, I can't wait for baseball to start. You're a sports girl. I didn't know that. I just want to smell their jock straps. <laughs> just kidding. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay, so... Yeah, wild accusations um, all over the place. I I guess this is a good time to address this at the top. We are going to talk about this in the hypothetical sense. Once again, there were no allegations or there were no charges mm-hmm. uh, against George Anthony for ever right. having sexually assaulted his daughter and or mm. granddaughter. Also, Casey is a consummate liar. Yeah. So we cannot trust anything that she says. This caught 
this podcast. This <laughs> podcast believes victims. Yes. And we stand with women who speak out against their abusers. Yes. But in this case, it is so much more convoluted mm-hmm. that it is very hard to do that. Very, so, very hard. forgive us if you think that Casey was assaulted by her father and or right. brother. Yeah. But there is no proof at this point. And again, Casey lied. She was mm-hmm. convicted in a court of law for lying about a lot of things. So I think we get a pass here. This is the one victim I don't really believe. I agree. I just, um, so yeah, so that was, that was a good time to bring that up. Good yes, job. no, I appreciate that. Thanks. So on um, May 27th, 2011, Simon Birch, who was the former manager of the towing company Johnson's Wrecker that impounded Casey's car back in 2008. (laughs) I'm so stupid. Why do I write these things? Um, Simon Birch is not the star of the 1998 film titled Simon Birch, which I fucking love. I've seen that. I'll have to oh, add it to my list. So good. It's it's very, very 90s. Okay. Anyways, Simon Birch got on the stand and testified, quote, it was an odor cons- consistent to what I have smelled in the past when it comes to decomposition, which is like, hmm, Simon, that's a weird thing to say when you're in a towing industry. But Simon says he's been exposed to about half a dozen cars during his 30-year career that had dead bodies in them. Too many. And he's familiar with the order of decomp. That's too fucking many. I would quit. I would quit after the second one. Way too many. Way too fucking many. Like, what in the fucking Dexter is going on? Yeah. So Simon had also said that he previously worked in sanita- in the sanitation industry for two years and was also familiar with the smell of garbage. So I think that's a really good point to make that, like, the distinct smell of decomp, he could really point that out. Which is important, especially because Cindy tried to change her statement to say that actually I smelled rotting pizza what not the fucking a dead nerve. body Simon's testimony set the stage yet again for George um, to get back up on the stand and he was called to witness to he was called to the witness stand for a third time in four fucking days poor guy which is a lot I know um so with George back on the stand, Jose is now doing his cross-examination. So during cross-examination, Jose asked George why he drove Casey's car home instead of calling the police in an attempt to establish that George's, um, or I'm sorry, in an attempt to establish George's alleged involvement in a cover-up. To take it even further, Jose says, quote, the reason you drove that car home and didn't call the police and went to work is because you knew Kaylee was dead already. George responded, no, no, I did not. And he was super, super shaken up by that. But it's like, I know cross-examination is there for a purpose and they're trying to serve a purpose. But like, why would you want to ruin somebody's fucking character? And someone who also tried to die by suicide. I have such mixed feelings about George because... The whole breakdown of this whole thing for me, right? So at this point, Casey's trying to point fingers and say that George Mm -hmm. is responsible for everything. Mm -hmm. He molested her, which has caused her to lie. And he also had a hand in Kaylee's death and basically orchestrated the entire cover up. Mm -hmm. Where this all breaks down for me is that George was a detective. Yes. 
for a decade. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that there aren't detectives that do horrible things. That's not the point I'm trying to make here. Mm Because there are plenty of detectives, I'm sure, that have molested their kids or other kids or whatever. Mm -hmm. My point is that if George were attempting a cover-up, he would know how the fuck to do it. Absolutely. If he decided that it was not worth it, which... Again, I would love to think that all pros or all prosecutors, all detectives choose to abide by the law regardless of their current status mm-hmm. of police officer or not, mm-hmm. that he would report it immediately if he knew that she had died. Right. But knowing that that's not always the truth, that that that, that doesn't always happen, cut out some of those that's because I just said it like nine <laughs> times in a row. Um that, that doesn't always happen. Mm-hmm. So if he did decide that it was worth it to try and cover this up, he would have done a lot better job. This is fucking bizarre. The way that they draw this media attention to themselves with the shirts, the the have you seen me shirts that like their story keeps changing so many times that he would let Cindy call the police Mm -hmm. that he, you know, there's just like so many things that I'm like, if you were truly covering this up you wouldn't have done any of no. this fucking and chris watts did a hell of a fucking job at taking a while for them to find the bodies of his wife and two daughters and he wasn't a detective and he wasn't yeah yeah so if you know the system oh you're gonna do a lot better than this fuck yeah i would hope so and i don't know that's just where the whole thing breaks down for me it's like a conspiracy theory right like there just has to be like so many people covering things up right and they have to do a really good job of those things and they they would have done a much much better job in this situation so i can't imagine it would have gone the way that it it did had he been involved in any part of it yeah if they had if they were really trying to cover this up they would have gotten a story it would have been you know we hear about this so often that People come up with a story and they stick to it and they can tell they're lying because of the fact that it never, ever changes. These people right. are on the complete opposite end of the spectrum where it changes every five minutes. Yeah. They don't even know what they've said in the no. past. No. I'm surprised so Casey insane. was able to remember Zanad's name this whole fucking time. Right? Yeah. I mean, I just, I, I have such mixed feelings on George because. Me too. I don't think he is innocent of mm-hmm. any wrongdoing. Right. I don't know what he did, though. I don't know what anybody fucking did. Right. And I, that again, that's what irritates me about this is that we're never going to have a definitive answer. No, I said that in episode one. Yep. It's just, it's really difficult. So um, anyway, one other thing I wanted to know about the trial that we didn't yeah. talk about at the beginning People got tickets to see this trial. Have you what? ever heard of people lining up to get tickets for a murder trial of a two-year-old little girl? Holy shit. Like it's I a did fucking like it's a fucking free showing of wicked. Right. Like what is <laughs> right. wrong with you people? Holy fuck. Also, do none of you have jobs? Go to work. Thank you. What? Okay. Also, to that point, what is with people going to Costco and the parking lot being fucking full at like <laughs> nine or ten o'clock during the day? There's no way we all fucking work from home and decide to just dip out during that time of day. Yeah. <laughs> what the uh, fuck I mean, is I going on? There's tons of people with like odd hour jobs, right? Like if you work in the service industry, if you yeah. work like 
maybe like a nannying job or something like that. There's plenty of other jobs that aren't nine to five, like what you and I do, but. Um, So throughout this day of trial, jurors have watched almost a dozen store surveillance videos of Casey shopping the week after Kaylee died. Um, Mallory Parker, the fiance of Casey's brother, Lee, also testified about a trip to downtown Orlando in July of 2008 when they, um, meaning Mallory and Lee, were trying to find Casey, but it was just one of the few like lackluster tellings that um, basically went nowhere. So like this is like another shot in the foot for the prosecution because they're trying to tee up so many things. Another baseball thing, I guess. But like swing and a miss, like nothing is, <laughs> nothing's going past first base. Like it's fucking shitty that or home plate. Like like nothing's going anywhere. Um, on June 6, thousand eleven, the forensic expert named Arpad Voss testified that the only plausible explanation for the odor in Casey's car trunk was the presence of a decomposing body. Mm. And um, there are some theories that she left the body in there for a few days and was like mm. driving around with it. Could you fucking imagine? I uh, no, I oh really my cannot. God. And I, I mean, guarantee that she probably had fucking people like in the car with her too. Oh, sure. Definitely. Um, I drive around with all kinds of shit in my truck all the time. <laughs> like I, I don't have a back seat right now because it just has like clothes back there that I uh-huh. am trying to get rid of. Um, but and it annoys me. That is inanimate objects. Right. Can you imagine hearing a body, and this is the most vulgar, trigger warning, this is the most vulgar thing I've ever thought of in my life, but a body like rolling around in the (gasps) trunk of your car for days while you're driving around. Like it's a bottle of like detergent and like every fucking bump you, oh my God. Can you imagine? No, no. I would turn myself in. I could not imagine getting in the car and driving for days on end. No. The only thing that I had to add to that, I guess, is the following day of our pod's testimony, his testimony was contradicted by an FBI scientist who compared the chloroform levels in the trunk to the amount found in household cleaners, which is like shit. Like they made it seem in the very beginning, like the chloroform was like their smoking gun. Like there was so much of it that like it basically like fucking knocked all of us out. Yeah. But for the FBI to discount like your own, uh, specialist testimony like shit man i can't imagine what that feels like i mean i said that in episode one that there was uh you know a trace amount of chloroform in mm-hmm. our water you know yeah. our whatever so i'm sure and then that it's made used to make other chemicals so yeah it makes sense that it's in household cleaners but also that i'm like did she use household cleaners to try and clean up the car yeah good point so the next thing I have is June 9th, 2011, Casey becomes ill and Judge Perry calls court to recess for the day, which is just like, come on, Casey, quit being a drama queen. Yes. She's so irritating. It's beyond irritating, too, that she is basically in control of all of yeah. this. Like, even with when we get to the Peacock thing, like, she's in control. They upright give her the fucking control. Yeah. Um, so... Just to jump back a day, on June 8th, 2011, a software uh, designer testified that in March of 2008, someone had searched for chloroform 84 times and also looked up head injuries, ruptured spleen, chest trauma, and internal bleeding on Anthony's home computer while George and Cindy were at work. They would later state that there was an error in their detecting software and that whoever was searching on the home computer that day visited a site related to chloroform only once. 
Which that ratio doesn't the math ain't fucking mathin. How do you say eighty four and then recant one. and say one? I don't have an explanation for that. But um, also to search okay, fuck it. It was only searched once. But to search for head injuries, ruptured ruptured spleen seems pretty very fucking specific. It yeah. can only be caused by specific things. Chest trauma, internal bleeding. As our clean Jillian Pensavali says, <laughs> I have a fucked up google history yes. because yes. i have a true crime podcast but casey did not and, and no one would fucking listen if she did anyways i don't know kim kardashian is pretty successful oh, with her God, fucking true right. crime podcast you got so. me with that one <laughs> why are we always hating on the kardashians um all and again i know all of this is very circumstantial but like when you put it all together it's very weird and that's why you mm-hmm. have to present the entire case mm-hmm. right yeah but then you can also argue like you're just pulling at straws i don't know exactly it's, everything's so weird this case is so confusing it feels like 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 a twilight zone episode <laughs> Honestly, yeah. So George testified about his gun and his attempted suicide and also that he had initially bought that gun to try and force answers out of Casey's friends on what happened to Casey. Which, once again, if you're a retired detective, Mm -hmm. why in the world would you testify to this? Right. if, If it were not true to some degree right i cannot imagine a world in which paul holes (laughs) goes on the stand of his dead grand for his dead granddaughter Mm -hmm. and says yeah oh excuse (laughs) 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 us um Pauls goes on the stand for his dead granddaughter uh-huh. and says, yeah, I was literally willing to threaten my daughter's friends to find out what happened to my granddaughter. Right. Like, that's a huge reveal. Yeah. Um, June 14th, Cindy Anthony takes a stand. Mm-hmm. Um, she talked about Casey having imaginary friends, which I don't know what that was all about. And I, at what age? I know. I... Thought that that was very bizarre uh-huh. and possibly irrelevant. But this, again, this trial was a fucking shit show. They just, like, let anything happen. Can you imagine was, being the judge? No, and that is why I made that note earlier about the original judge, like, recusing himself mm-hmm. and replacing him with this other judge. Because it felt like there was, like, zero control in yeah. this courtroom. It just felt like anything went, like... God damn. I don't like the, the, is this like Salem in whatever yes. witch trials level of right. chaos in this courtroom. But Fuck. anyway, so uh one of the things that Cindy testified to, this is one of the most bizarre things I've ever heard, mm-hmm. is that she was interested in chlorophyll. And oh, she looked yes. up that first, and then that triggered her memory to look up chloroform. First of all, Cindy, why do you need to know about chlorophyll? But also you as a nurse, I feel like you should know a little bit about fucking chloroform, Cindy. That too. Um, But the two also are not linked in any way other than the chlora beginning. Like, I just, 
I don't know. I thought that that was such a bizarre. And again, this is why everything feels so ridiculous in this mm. case, because it feels like these are all just like bullshit made up lies. And it's yes. like, why are we lying? First of all. And two, we really couldn't have come up with a better lie than this, because there's also the thing where, like, they're saying that these things were searched on the computer while George and Cindy are at work. Mm -hmm. But they're saying that there's a whole, like, rigmarole, and this just reminded me of Serial, that if everything lined up, like, exactly perfectly, George could have, like, taken his lunch break, gotten back to the house, logged in under Casey's login into the computer searched all of these things and then gotten back to his job and nobody would have noticed which and I'm like it's like the perfect thing that i feel like he would do to try and redirect the blame from him like let me pin it on my fucking for, except for that it happened before she died oh that's right yeah so if he's truly just trying to cover up for the accident that happened Uh Why would he have pre-planned that? Right. Because all of that evidence is going towards the idea of premeditation, right? So that they can get murder one. Mm -hmm. I just don't under... That's why none of this makes sense. It's so frustrating. It's like Uh. they never talked to the attorneys before they got up on the stand. Like, there was no, let's run through this. Nothing. It was just a fucking dry run. It's fucking weird. Yeah. So, um, also then a couple days after Cindy or day after Cindy, I don't know exactly what day it was. Mm-hmm. Dr. G gets on the stand and they try to drill her for saying that she can't say cause of death. She can only rule on manner yeah. of death, which again, to remind you guys, she ruled that manner of death was homicide. The manner of death is like homicide, suicide, or accidental are like pretty much the mm-hmm. only are like unknown, I think are like the only options. Cause of death is something like strangulation, asphyxiation, drowning, whatever. Like it's it's the actual way in which you died. Um, manner of death is basically saying whose fault it is. So because the body was so decomposed by the time that they found her, uh, Dr. G could not definitively say right. a cause of death. They rolled some things out based on the evidence that they have, but they couldn't actually come up with a cause of death. But they could say, based on what they had, that it was homicide. Mm. And also, she talks a lot about in her, um, in her show that the manner of death is more of a full picture kind of thing versus cause of death is more about Mm -hmm. like an exact detail right so like in a lot of cases if they say the hyoid if they see the hyoid bone is broken which is in your like collarbone region Mm -hmm. then that means you've been strangled with extreme force so it's things like that that lead you to cause of death versus manner of death it's like okay she was found duct taped in a bag in the woods and had duct tape over her mouth all of these things lead to me thinking that it's a homicide because right, you can't right. just say like just the duct tape says that it's a homicide right like you have to mm-hmm. have a lot of things so anyway that was a little bit about her testimony and then she also testified that there were three overlapping pieces of duct tape on kaylee's mouth which mm. once again i should have given a trigger warning on that i'm really bad at that all of a sudden <laughs> That's okay. um what do you expect when you're listening to true crime i know though? i'm sorry guys but it is fair to give a trigger warning. yeah i get that um Trigger warning for the whole episode, I guess. Yes. Um, so she testified that there were three overlapping pieces of duct tape, which 
is even more to the point of why would you duct tape somebody's mouth shut if they're already dead? And then why would you duct tape them three times? Yeah. To me, three overlapping pieces of duct tape says that you really wanted to make sure that she could not breathe. Right. Exactly. Damn it. Just like you're reading into my theory. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then... Dr. Werner Spitz, who is also a famous forensic scientist, did his own autopsy, and his biggest criticism of Dr. G is that she never opened the skull. So once they had completed their autopsy Mm -hmm. and testing at the morgue for the county, they sent it over to Dr. Werner Spitz for him to do his private autopsy. When when he got it, he could see that the skull had never been opened. But they... Like, when they talked to Dr. G about it, she said there was no need to open the skull. All of the tissue was completely removed from it, so I could just shine a light in it, and I could Mm. see everything. Mm -hmm. And she also testified that if the skull had been cut open, it would have broken the skull, which is exactly what happened when Dr. Spitz opened it. So... Right. They're, like, criticizing her for doing this thing, even though by her not doing it, it allowed them to even do their own autopsy. Right. Exactly. So, I just she feel like... did them a favor, in yeah, my opinion. I feel like everybody's just, like, getting mad, trying to find whatever they can to get mad at. Well, that kind of happened, too. And, I mean, we're jumping forward, like, what, uh, 13 years. Um but in the Murdoch trial, when the medical, ex- I think she was the medical examiner, when she got on the stand, they were asking, this uh, defense was trying to grill her and ask, well, why didn't you shave Paul's head to look at, one, the exit wound, but also to get a better look at, like, the brain and what happened? She's like, I didn't need to because there was already an exit wound right there like i could see into the brain i can see like i saw all i needed to saw one by all of my other examinations and the determining uh determining factors that i've come to and two like it was unnecessary like i didn't need to do it Mm -hmm. but like can we just let the fucking women do the work right june 23rd you kind of touched on it already when uh cindy had brought up the whole researching chloroform and chlorophyll thing she she further said that she researched it uh, because there was a stain found in the trunk, which was alleged to have been caused by Kaylee's de- decomposing body. But she's saying that it was actually there in the car when they bought it eight years earlier, which I think is like, why say it now? And why yeah, say why it didn't there's, it? So like there's a damn dead body in the trunk? Like, Yeah, you could have testified to that during her bond hearing uh, yes. last year. You could have testified to that during the grand jury hearing for her indictment, which uh-huh. she did not testify at at all. George is nope. the only person who testified at that. Like, why? That's a huge part of the prosecution's case here. Exactly. Why wouldn't you refute that? That's insane. I didn't know that. It's en- it en- enrages me. Uh, okay, so now we're jumping forward a little bit. June 30th, 2011. Um, the suicide note that I mentioned in episode one gets introduced into evidence. So this note, well, I guess a quick recap. Um, you should have listened to episode one. If not, what are you doing here? Um, yes, but it's been two weeks. Give him a break. Yeah, okay, <laughs> fine. Um, so there was an attempt by George to take his own life. Um his former family attorney made a call into 911 that he left the house with a shit ton of pills and 
um, pictures from the house. They were able to track George down through his uh, tracking a cell phone and they found him at a hotel and then they took him to the hospital where Brooke was born at. <laughs> um, so with the note being introduced, um, the note was actually written to Cindy and the entire thing hasn't been released, but part of it has. And in part, it basically says he cannot keep on going because it should be him that's gone from the earth, not Kaylee. He lived a long life. He was never a man that the family could count on. Don't feel sorry for him because he doesn't feel sorry for himself. His life is meaningless. He blames himself for her being gone, um, which are very depressing thoughts to have. And I'm, do not wish anyone would ever have those thoughts. Like that's, mm -hmm. those are just truly very, very heartbreaking. Um, but what seems like it's taken from the very end of his letter is actually what I want to read in part because it is, I think it's pretty interesting. So this starts with quote, I have taken what meds was given to me with alcohol and I'm ready to give up. As I can tell by my writing and thinking, I'm getting very stupid. Wow. What a word. Stupid. Yes, I am. Again, I don't feel sorry for myself, but yes, I am stupid. Cannot deal with stuff anymore. The loss of Kaylee Marie, the loss of Casey, the loss of us, Cynthia Marie, the meds, I am ready. Saying goodbye, please understand it is for the best. I do not deserve life anymore. Anymore us. You know, I never got to say goodbye. I am at this place and all and all is getting fuzzy and my writing is all over the place. I love you. I love you. And I hope I get to see you. And I hope you get to see Casey soon. All the people we met. Wow. The writing is getting weird. I love you. I am sorry. I will take care of Kaylee. Once I get to God, I'm so tired. At least I have shaved today. Wow. I'm tripping out. I am sorry. I love you. Cynthia, Cynthia Marie. Kaylee, here I come. It seems almost like what I would equate to now, like drunk talk to text. Yeah. Or like when you see like old people like talking and they're saying, okay, stop. And it doesn't stop. And it's like, and now it's, <laughs> it's still going. Why is it still going? And they're freaking out. Like it's, why keep writing? I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to look too much into it, but it's just, it's interesting. It's as bonkers as this whole fucking case is. Right. And I, I think this was a 15-page fucking note. It was a long-ass fucking note. What is this, the JonBenet Ramsey note? <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. No. Okay, um, so after that, that was like one of the last things and mm -hmm. the defense rest after that. Um, <laughs> to some people's surprise, Casey never testified through the whole trial. Obviously, Jose Baez is a damn good defense attorney because mm -hmm. he won this case for her and i think the yep. fucking evidence is so obvious but yes so i guess that is a, a point for him that he did not let her testify but i don't know she's so fucking narcissistic exactly. and thinks that she's not gonna get a or that she's gonna get away with this which i mean she does but yeah she was so confident in herself that i can't believe she didn't testify and i don't know it's hard Again, she's such a liar. Mm -hmm. We do believe victims, but she is kind of the exception. It's yeah. hard to take any thing that she says about her brother or her father molesting her as mm. truth if she's not willing to get on the stand and testify for it. Right. And I know that that's not how it should be, that victims shouldn't have to put themselves in that vulnerable position like that. But mm -hmm. when you're saying that it's relevant to this case, 
I don't know. That's hard for me. And that's a very big part of their argument, too, is the molestation. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I... I don't think Casey would have done any more than get up there and cried her fucking eyes out and continue to lie to all of us. But I feel like that would have been the one key way for Jose Baez to one had nothing else, you know, gone his way or played out the way that it did. That would have persuaded, I feel like the jury entirely. Um, But that's a very surprising choice that he did not allow her to testify. Yeah. Okay, so July 3rd, um, lead prosecuting attorney Jeff Ashton continued with the narrative that Casey was overly burdened by Kaylee and how she was motivated enough to go to extremes to get her freedom. He said, um, quote, something needs to be sacrificed. That something was either the life she wanted or the life thrust upon her. She chose to sacrifice the child, which I thought was um, really also interesting and I didn't know this either. Um, Jose was actually forbidden from further talking about the unsupported molestation claims. Instead, he effectively pointed out the lack of evidence that could definitively place Casey's, or I'm sorry, Kaylee's body in the trunk or tie Casey to her death in his closing argument. Um, which I guess good on the judge for putting a stop to that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely good on the judge. That's like the first time that anybody fucking stopped this zoo stampede. Um, yes. that is this trial but yes uh, yeah i don't know and then but it's like at that point they've been talking about it for so long you can't just like wipe the right jury's uh memory you can't obliviate right. them like well, too i wonder if the judge because sometimes they'll say the um strike you from the record or whatever they say the jury please don't include that in your decision or whatever whatever like i wonder if that was part of that ruling also yeah, because just because you tell them not to doesn't mean that they don't right. we don't we don't know what goes on in the deliberation room that's the whole right. point that's so, so so wild too july 5th 2011 ju- the jury deliberates for 10 hours and 40 minutes verdict came back uh we all knew this but of not guilty on first yep. degree murder aggravated child abuse and aggravated manslaughter of a child um and one of the Videos that I watched, there was an analyst that said he wasn't like part of the case or anything. He's just like a legal analyst Mm -hmm. that said that the jury was waiting for the quote CSI moment, meaning that they were worried they were waiting for some like definitive, Mm -hmm. you know, striking of a match to say this is exactly why we know that Casey did it. But a lot of what they were pointing at as where that moment could have come, which Mm -hmm. I hate that like. We need to educate people more on the legal system so that they understand that that's not going to happen. It's not TV. Right. Um, But a lot of where they were saying that that could have happened was in Dr. G's testimony. And Hmm. I actually commend, and this is a lot of the reason why I give her so much like praise throughout this, is that she didn't do that. Right. We talked about Henry Lee in the Helicross case that like he maybe fudged a thing or two mm-hmm. here or there he said things that evidence. weren't yeah th- said things that weren't necessarily proven they were mm-hmm. maybe like a half truth or whatever mm-hmm. because he wanted that csi moment yeah. Damn. but doctor they pressed dr g over and over to say 
can you give us a cause of death? And Mm -hmm. how can you definitively say that manner of death was homicide? What's what's the CSI moment, right? Uh And she would not give it to them. She would not lie. Good. And she stuck with what she knew and she stuck with the science. And that's why we never got that CSI moment. So... And that's not her fault either. You can't say that she's the one that fucking crumbled the whole case, but god damn it. Not at all. Um, It's just that's where they saw like the biggest opportunity for it, I guess. Holy shit. The verdict was not guilty on those Mm -hmm. first three charges I just read, but the verdict of guilty was on four misdemeanor counts of providing false information to law enforcement. That is the only... That's nothing. Thing that she was prosecuted for. Everything else and she was stacked against. That I know. Fuck. And so um, people were super polarized by the verdict. You know, some people were like, hell yeah, she's super innocent. And some mm-hmm. people were like, she's so guilty. Mm-hmm. Um, Nancy Grace, who Fuck I also you, have, Nancy. I have very mixed feelings about Nancy <laughs> Grace, um, said... She had dubbed her Tot Mom. That was what her nickname for Casey was. And I remember that vividly. I like, it wasn't like readily available in my memory. Uh, but then as soon as I like heard that, I was like, oh yeah, I yeah. remember her saying that. Like my mom would just have like, you know, CNN on or whatever. Uh, and they would be, they would like pan to a Nancy Grace clip and it would be like, Tot Mom, blah, 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 blah. And she'd be like yelling about it. Oh my God. Um, She's always she in said, all caps. Oh yes. Um, but she called her Tot Mom. And then after, after that night, she said, somewhere out there, the devil is dancing tonight. Yep. Because she believes that Casey got away with murder. Well, um, at least Nancy's on the right side about one motherfucking thing. She's actually on the right side about a fair amount of things. She just goes about it in the wrong way. Yeah, that's a good, that's, yeah, that's a better way of saying it. <laughs> that's why I have such mixed feelings about her. Sometimes she yeah. says a lot of things that I agree with, but I'm like, can you just... Take the caps lock off, like you said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so July 7th, 2011. I don't know why I keep saying the year, but just in case <laughs> you keep forgetting. It hasn't uh, changed, but it's fine. <laughs> uh, Casey received a four-year sentence and a $4,000 fine for, like you said, the four counts of lying to police. Like, those really equate only to a thousand fucking dollars each. I know. It's like the... Just the the time wasted and the money wasted, oh which it does, it changes later, but it was like, the, just you wasted everything yes, for so many resources because you just wouldn't tell the truth and not just like didn't tell the truth, but like fabricated stories to Fuck set yeah. them on a different pale path, pale path, <laughs> trail path. That's what I was going with. I was like, where did I come up with pale <laughs> I don't, I don't, I can't believe that, but her prison time ends up actually being washed out due to the nearly three years she's already spent behind bars, and she's actually given credit for her good fucking behavior. I hate that shit. Me too. That should not exist. Casey if you don't have good behavior behavior on the outside, you don't have good behavior on the inside. Exactly. Um, Casey was placed on probation for one year due to the check fraud charges. She was also billed for more than $200,000 owed to law enforcement related to the search for Kaylee, which I guess is a good thing. Um, in 2010, an Orange County judge declares Casey indigent. 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 After Casey had asked for the declaration stating that she no longer had money to defend herself. Former circuit, or I'm sorry, no, for... 
Circuit Judge Stan Strickland <laughs> ruled that taxpayers must pay all of her defense costs except for her lawyer fees. His decision was made after he learned that she received money from ABC News. Jose Baez said that his team received and spent about $275,000 over the year and a half. Over a year and a half. $5,000 of that came from an anonymous don. She says, $5,000 of that came from an anonymous donor 70,000 came from a former defense attorney by the name of Todd Macaluso 200,000 came from ABC through a licensing deal with Casey Jose testified that he received $89,500 and put about 2,500 hours of work in attorney Andrea Lyon of DePaul University in Chicago, a professor there, she testified that she was representing Casey for free, but was reimbursed $22,500 for expenses. Yes. What a slap in the fucking face that, one, we failed Kaylee. Two, the taxpayers had to come in and pay for all of her fucking defense costs. Mm-hmm. That is um, some grade A bullshit. Did you also notice that the circuit court judge that you just mentioned ruled on that was the original judge that recused himself in the original trial? No. Oh, no, I didn't catch that at all. That should be illegal. If you recuse recuse yourself from any case at all, you should never be able to touch another case that has anything to do with it. I agree. I fucking agree. That's crazy. So... My question to you, mm-hmm. dear Emilio, mm-hmm. who I love so much, <laughs> do you think that had the death penalty not been put back on the table, mm-hmm. that this would have gone differently? Shit. I want to say I don't know because once it was put back on the table, so much more shit came out. But I think had we not put it back on the table, it would not have given Jose the opportunity to start this um bullshit about the molestation charges or Mm. the allegations which should have never happened in the first fucking place but even before that like there was really nothing for the jury to convict her on or to rule i don't know i don't i don't think it helps but i don't know if it hurt fuck that's not really an answer yeah see I think I'm of the opinion overall. So I'm against the death penalty Mm -hmm. in general. And this is part of my argument why. Because I think that when it's a possibility, it changes people's ability to rule fairly. Because I think there's a chance that people are just like, you know, she fucked up and she did a bad thing. Mm -hmm. But I don't think she deserves to be put to death for it. Right. And... Honestly, if I were on a jury for a death penalty case, I would have a really hard time convicting that person, Mm. even if it was John Wayne Gacy. Mm -hmm. I just don't think that anybody should be put to death. And I I think that that can come into play sometimes. So I'm not here to run for president, Mm -hmm. but I wish that we could like do away with the death penalty Mm -hmm. on the federal level, because I think that that would change a lot of this stuff. I think that it allows people to look more critically at these different things instead of just being like, well, I'm not going to hear any of this because I'm never going to put her to death. Right. So that's a little bit of it. I also think that, you know, had maybe the charge been 
Murder 2, it could have been different also, which is then not a capital murder case. And I don't know. I just think that it, I just think that the death penalty adds so many unnecessary like weights Mm -hmm. to a case. This is already a big deal, right? She, it's already the death of a beautiful, smart, innocent, innocent, just amazing two-year-old little girl. Yeah. Why do we have to then make it also a moral discussion? Right. I feel like it's, I, I absolutely agree. And I feel like putting someone like Casey away for life should have been far more than enough. Yeah. I mean, killing Casey or killing anybody with the death penalty does not bring anything back. Exactly. It, does it doesn't. take away anything. I can mm-hmm. understand. Well, I can try to understand. No, I can't understand how it would bring some solace to the family of the victim or victims. Um, Mm -hmm. I guess I can understand an eye for an eye, but like, I feel like that shouldn't. Fuck, I don't know. It's. I don't know. That's hard. I don't know. I feel like eye for an eye. We're getting in some handmaid's tale. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait for it to come back. (laughs) Is it going to? Yeah, I think they're coming. Well, it is, yes. But this is actually going to be like the final, final season. I think they've already okay, said it yeah. once before. Yeah. They did the same thing with Stranger Things, so I'm not surprised. But They've been saying it about like fucking Phantom of the Opera on Broadway for <laughs> 15 years. <laughs> so who knows if it's a really ending. Anyway, this isn't... Um, the Hamilton Entertainment Corner. Yeah, this is um, death penalty discussion. Yes. Wow. <laughs> we have to laugh or it's just so sad. I know, I know. Okay, so now, uh, July 11th, Casey is released from jail. Isn't that um, some shit? Yeah. There were two guys outside of the jail in one of the documentaries I watched. Mm-hmm. One of them had a sign that said his name was David Antolik. I don't know if that's Antolik. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's how you say it. But his sign said, she's not guilty. Get over it. Oh, <laughs> And then there was another guy, Tim Allen, not the actor oh. Tim Allen. Um, but he, uh, thank God it's not the actor Tim Allen, because he had a sign that said, Casey, will you marry me? With well, no question up, mark. The real Tim Allen is a little bit of, little bit of trash, too, though. But I don't think yeah, he would I, make a sign like that. To propose, propose. to Casey Anthony <laughs> on her way out of jail. Goddamn. Um... So, like we said, polarizing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. August eleventh. Oh, do you have anything else about that? No, I uh, okay. no, I don't. I my next thing is two thousand twelve. Oh, I got some stuff before that. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Um, August eleventh, two thousand eleven. There was a report released by Florida's Department of Child and Family Services, concluding that Casey was responsible for the death of her daughter. Quote, hmm. the actions or the lack of actions by the alleged perpetrator ultimately resulted or contributed it in the death of the child. Close quote. Hmm. So it's not a guilty verdict, right. but it is some responsibility. But yeah. what pisses me off then is that there's no repercussions for that. That was just a report and then nothing happened. And why wouldn't the state... Maybe they did, and I don't remember, but why wouldn't the state call upon someone from that department to come in and testify? Not that it's really going to change anything. It doesn't produce any sort of 
um, evidence to be entered. But I feel like having someone giving their opinion from the Department of, what is it, Child, Child, Child and Family Services? Child and Family Services would build some sort of, is credence the right word I want to use? Some sort of credibility. Oh, okay. And like what they're arguing, but um, I don't know. It's I guess that's neither here nor there. That's pretty irrelevant. Yeah, I don't know. Um, September 15th, Judge Perry rules that Casey owes authorities $98,000 for the cost of investigating Kaylee's disappearance, which I'm wondering if maybe Judge Stan's ruling was like mm-hmm. to reverse this. Because Judge Perry is the original mm-hmm. judge that presided over the actual right. murder trial. So, I don't know. Did you have a date on when Judge Stan ruled that? On Mar- I don't have an exact date, but I just have March 10th. Oh, no. Sorry. Yes. March 10th is all that I have for when the judge declared Casey indigent. Hmm. I wonder if that was 2012. That was 2011. I don't know. You're sure? I don't know. Um. Anyway, so he rules that she owed 98000 And then a few days later, he added another $119,822.25 to bring the total to more than $217,000. That $0.25 cents really breaks the fucking Me. bank, my guy. <laughs> uh, October... Casey records a video diary that she had adopted a dog. (laughs) Poor dog. And she had blonde hair and glasses when she recorded that video, which like she Mm -hmm. has like that really dark hair all throughout her trial. So Mm -hmm. it was definitely she was trying to. It was weird seeing her with that Bob haircut, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was I didn't like it. It didn't look as good. Um, That was a crisis. And then. But that video diary wasn't released until January of 2012. And that Mm -hmm. was basically the first time that anyone saw what she looked like since the verdict was released. So she had kind of gone into hiding. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it was, it was a lot. So remember in whatever fucking year that was, 2008, this is a long case. um, Had Casey pointed to a woman named Zenaida Gonzalez Fernandez Mm -hmm. as her nanny that allegedly stole Casey Mm -hmm. came to be that we did not, or stole Kaylee, not Casey. Um, the names, uh, we came to find out that there was no nanny. Zanny, the nanny did not exist. Mm -hmm. There was a woman named Zenaida Gonzalez, Mm -hmm. no hyphenated pandas, just Zenaida Mm -hmm. Gonzalez who brought against Casey, a defamation lawsuit for bringing her name into this. Now, a defamation lawsuit has five elements. Publication, falsity, the actor must act negligently on a matter concerning a private person, actual damages must be done, and a statement must be defamatory. Hmm. So the I looked at like a lawyer's blog who had like analyzed this case mm-hmm. basically that said basically none of this happened for Casey because the lawyer or the police never believed that there was this Zenaida woman, mm-hmm. Zanny the nanny didn't actually exist, that they can't really say that she was like that part that says actor must negligently must act negligently on a matter concerning a private person. Mm-hmm. That private person part doesn't really compute or like, it doesn't really get, completed here because she wasn't actually pointing to a specific person, right? right. Like if she had said Zenaida Gonzalez who lives in this apartment complex is 
right. complex and there was a Zenaida Gonzalez who lived there, that might have held up more. Right. But but I thought Casey did say the Zenaida Fernandez Gonzalez that lives in Kissimmee and Zenaida Gonzalez. It's Kissimmee. Oh, shit. It's a Florida thing. <laughs> I thought that she actually turned out to live in Kissimmee. Kissimmee. So, yes, she does live in Kissimmee, but it's not even the same name, first of all. Right, and true. It, the, the address didn't match. Casey gave them like four different uh, of course. addresses that none of them, uh, Zenaida Gonzalez has never lived at any of them. Mm. Okay. And um, so, therefore, it wasn't like an actual person that she was pointing at. Mm-hmm. Also, they investigated when she gave this name. They found over 400 women in Florida in 2008 named Zenaida Gonzalez. And How? 8 to 12 of them were in Central Florida. So, like, near Orlando. What so, the fuck? That's a this, very... Sounds like a very bizarre and common name. I know. Um, maybe it's, like, Cuban because right. most of the Latina, Latinx, I guess is uh-huh. how you say it now, people in Florida are cuban and puerto rican Mm -hmm. so maybe it's one of them i don't know Mm -hmm. but because yeah that's bizarre that there's 400 of them (laughs) um obviously gonzalez is common but zanetta is not so common anyway um she hired john morgan as her lawyer who's the like face of the morgan and morgan law firm Uh i can't talk who's now become so famous as a lawyer that he has a firm in every single state jesus Um, yeah and he is like the foremost person fighting for the legalized recreational marijuana in florida oh wow okay yeah he's an interesting dude (laughs) but like he's like famous in florida like you see you can see his face fucking everywhere holy shit um so i thought that was funny that she hired him and then um one of the things that casey's defense team in this civil suit which was not the same as it wasn't jose baez it was mm-hmm. a different lawyer um he uh sort of like pointed at was that there was a one tree hill episode about a nanny kidnapping that casey had searched for on the computer right before kaylee disappeared um uh-huh. it's like the hundredth episode of one tree hill i've never seen an episode of one tree hill oh, i know my sister loved that fucking show <laughs> Um, and then the lawyer in the blog that I read also likened mm-hmm. her fabrication of this nanny to the 1990 film, The Usual Suspects, where apparently Kevin Spacey's character is like making stuff up on the stand and, or maybe it's during a deposition, uh-huh. but he's like using things like in the office to like come up with his story. <laughs> I don't know. Class. It was very bizarre. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, huh. so the case um got thrown out so well okay so originally in april 12th 2012 mm-hmm. a florida judge circuit judge lisa munion ruled that her defamation lawsuit could go forward contending that a jury should make the final decision on several contentious issues critical to the case casey said that a nanny named zanita fernandez gonzalez had taken kaylee the police only located the plaintiff who says she never met Kaylee or Casey. Mm-hmm. Casey's attorney says that she never actually identified this woman. The judge ruled that the case must go to a jury and they denied her request for a summary judgment, which would have like kind of like ended the case early, mm-hmm. I guess. 
And then they agreed that she never identified the woman on the original statement. But Zenaida's case is that she did on July 25th in a conversation with her parents while in the jail. So the defamation trial was supposed to begin on January 2nd, 2013. Eventually it was just thrown out and they decided that it was not, Hmm. it didn't have any, it didn't hold any water. So um, that was that case. So nothing happened with that, but take it away. <laughs> so in 2012, I uh, don't have an exact date or month, but Zenaida was arrested for allegedly selling a four loco to an underaged customer who was working with police at a Circle K in which she worked at. It's a, Wait, what? Yeah. First of all, can we talk about four locos? Because four locos used to be my shit. Oh my God. What a fucking idiot. Okay. Um, it's alleged that she did ask for their ID, but didn't actually check his age. Zenaida's bond was set at $250, and a representative from Circle K said she is now out of a job. Oh my gosh. So then in 2016, oh, I guess actually I'll say this first. So that legal or that lawyer that I read the blog on that like kind of explained all this case Mm -hmm. to me, he did it to me personally, by the way. Um, (laughs) He wrote that blog for me. (laughs) He suggests that this Zenaida Gonzalez, because again, there are 400 of them in Florida. <laughs> yes. So he's suggesting that this specific Zenaida Gonzalez, going forward with this case at all, she's just trying to capitalize on the notoriety of mm-hmm. Kaylee and Casey Anthony. Like, she didn't actually have a case. Mm-hmm. She didn't actually suffer. I mean, I guess she, like, had, like, a few people be like, wait, aren't you? Right. And she was just like, no, like, that was not, you know, that was, the, it wasn't even part of the trial. It was the so, like, other 399 Zenitas. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so it was just like, she didn't actually suffer anything right. from it. And so he, she was just trying to like get attention and money from mm-hmm. it. Which I think um, is a fair thing to say. Yeah, exactly. Especially when we see the next thing that yes. happens. She had like no <laughs> damages whatsoever. Um, So 2016, Zenaida is 46. She is accused of stealing a 64-year-old cancer patient's credit card and spending $850 at stores around Kissimmee. Kissimmee. Okay, and Orlando. Zenaida and a 26-year-old, Jonathan E. Acevedo, were arrested on charges of credit card theft and grand theft. It's said that they both had jobs cleaning rooms at the Kissimmee. Kissimmee. Kissimmee Motel. I so badly just want to say it the Midwest way. <laughs> um, they had rooms at the motel in December in which they stole the credit card of the cancer patient who lived in the motel and was visiting a local hospital for treatment. You are both pieces of shit. Horrible. This poor man is dealing with one of the ugliest fucking things that any person, no one should have to fucking deal with this, but you have to go so far as to stealing a fucking credit card. And not that it matters, but like what was so important to them that they needed or wanted their fix up that they had to spend 850, like what stores did they go to? Probably Macy's. Like what the fuck? There's nothing that you need that bad. Oh like, my God. If, I mean, like all I can think about is the fact that this man is like also going is like going through the super stressful thing, probably staying by himself in this motel because he like yes. maybe doesn't have a family or right. whatever. Because like when you get chemo, it wipes you out for several yep. days afterwards. Sure that does. He literally can't drive himself back to wherever he's from. Like he's probably from like if he's staying in Kissimmee, he's probably from like, you know, Space Coast or whatever that is too far of a drive. Like it's not like <clears throat> so far but florida's mm-hmm. so spread out right and the big cities are so like you know in the extremes kind of mm-hmm. that 
you have to you have to like drive to get to them Mm -hmm. so if you're over an hour away after chemo you can't drive that hour because you needed the best cancer treatment that you can get right it's so sad god i you're a horrible cancer i hate cancer so much i mean just like don't steal in general right then to steal this old man's credit card who's like there by himself god yes you suck zenaida he's 60 he's 64 and he should not be dealing one with cancer but two dealing with your bullshit zenaida yeah and fucking 26 year old jonathan without an age i you know both. why is it spelled like that um <laughs> fuck you both but he uh what was i gonna say oh i hope but- he i hope he won got all of his money back and fucking beat cancer yeah same um but yeah he or this this kind of like goes to that lawyer's uh theory that she just wanted to like capitalize on the money and fame that she would get from being associated with the kaylee anthony case because she's a thief obviously well we've seen so many fucking people do that like even in present day but like oh fuck i can't even draw to one specifically but like when it's so overly publicized and it's like it's uh now a household fucking name like why not try to get your own piece of that fucking pie like but you're doing it in like the worst fucking ways possible the lady um the name of the documentary is like the woman who wasn't there that lady that said that she was like a 9-11 survivor oh my god she enrages me yes or fucking um rachel dolezal oh is she the black yeah like she was like in blackface yes oh fuck you oh she was she was like the leader of like the NAACP yes, or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's a crazy bitch in itself. And she was whiter than me. Yes. Um, <laughs> hey, I am 6% black, remember? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm 6% African. Anyway, we're done with Zenaida. So some of the aftermath for things that happened after the case, um, several people sent death threats to the family uh, for saying that they, you know, covered up Casey or Kaylee's death mm-hmm. and aided and abetted Kaylee, Casey, their names. <laughs> I know, um, it's hard. We made it this far. I think we deserve it. I know. Um, aided and abetted Casey you know, covering it up, whatever. And that, um, so they got a lot of death threats. Mm -hmm. Uh, people also said that part of her sentencing should be that Casey has to be sterilized. Oh, which (laughs) very dramatic. Um, because they think that she's not, uh, a fit mother, which like, I agree. She's not a fit mother, but like, are we Nazis? What is wrong with you people? Oh my God. All right, so now we're going to talk about Casey and the press. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) As if there's not enough. Yeah, so you can start with your favorite person, Pierce Morgan. (laughs) All right, so Pierce Morgan is on my fucking list of people that I just can't stand. (laughs) Um, So if you don't know who Pierce Morgan is, he is... Did we say British or English? I don't know. He's one of the They're white, who cares? Yeah, exactly. He was on, I guess he's most well known for Good Morning Britain um, and kind of being like, I feel like he's like the Simon Cowell of talk, daytime talk TV. He's a fucking asshole. He's an asshole. Um, So I think he's fucking trash. I completely understand the argument of freedom of speech. I get it. But after the shit that this guy's done, I don't understand why people continue to give him a platform to stand on. Um, So 
Three, four examples I want to give, and I'll try to go through them as quickly as I can. So one, he was fired in 2004 after eight years as an editor with the British magazine Daily Mirror for publishing faked pictures of a soldier being tortured in the British army, torturing prisoners of the Iraq, of war in Iraq. He never apologized, despite the fact that he ran the story without fact-checking and put the lives of British, shoulder, British soldiers at risk. Two, he made... Pretty sexist remarks against Good Morning Britain's meteorologist Lauren Tobin for her mm-hmm. wearing what he called skin-tight leather trousers. And she was obviously very fucking uncomfortable. This happened on air. He never apologized again. And he even went on further to say, quote, if she's going to wear figure-hugging leather trousers, I am going to notice. He later said you deliberately wore them to get people's notice. All of you wear clothes hoping... They will get noticed. If I call you hot, why is that offensive? We don't have to go into it. We don't have to go into it. (laughs) So number three, he mocked trans and non-binary people on the air, which I does not fucking bode well with me. And last and foremost, um, this is just my top four. He mocked Chinese people in the way that they speak. So the Queen's (laughs) grandson, Peter Phillips, was in a commercial for a Chinese milk brand, which I... Didn't write it down, and I'm not even going to attempt to say it. He said the brand name of the milk in the commercial, as one would fucking do as a spokesperson. And Pierce just took it too fucking far and mocked the Chinese dialect, but of course backpedaled and tried to say that he was making fun of Peter and how he said it. He did it fucking twice on air, despite one of his co-hosts, whoever sits to his left, um... Being like, oh, you don't do that. Like, that's so tasteless. Like, what is this, the 60s? Anyways, I those just, like, scratch the surface of his scandals, but I fucking hate this guy. And they tried to petition to get him removed from the show. Never happened. He's basically British Alex Jones. So anyway, Casey did an interview with him on June 12th, 2012. She says in the interview that she didn't kill Kaylee, that she was, quote, never a party girl. I don't drink <clears throat> now, close quote. Mm. Um, she also said, quote, that wasn't who I am, close quote. And then she also claims that she didn't trust or doesn't, I guess, still to this day, probably um, law enforcement and the public image of her is inaccurate. I don't believe that, that. was the the uh, the takeaways from that interview. Which, I'm sorry. One thing I am very surprised that that interview was not recorded and it was just a phone call. I know. That struck I me guess as it pretty was odd. Like, well, I mean, they were definitely doing it back then. Yeah, I don't know. Right. Probably didn't care because she's a woman. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. On June 25th, 2013, Florida's 5th District Court of Appeals overturns two of Casey's convictions for providing false information to law enforcement. Which, like, are you fucking kidding me? They said that it was and it was basically double jeopardy for her to be charged four times. Mm-hmm. Bitch, you lied more than four times. Right. You should have had more than four charges. You're lucky you only got four charges. Oh, my God. Then she also filed for Chapter 7 bankruptcy protection. She claimed to have almost 800000 in liabilities and only $1,000 in assets, including cash on hand and personal property, which I guess if you're in jail, I don't really know. Don't really care, and I don't feel bad. <laughs> yeah, same. So now... <laughs> We are on to the reason we're all here, mm-hmm. the Peacock documentary. Um, so well, this- wait, hold on. Sorry. One thing before we get into Peacock. Mm-hmm. Did you, do you recall or remember seeing that video of Casey talking to a police officer in 2021 uh, when she had a drink thrown on her? 
No. Okay. So quickly, I want to get into it. It's not really relevant, but it's just... It, anyways, so May 24th, 2021, there is a altercation between Casey and a, I'm assuming a customer of the bar as well, in West Palm Beach, Florida. There is body cam video released of Casey approaching a female cop who was called to the bar and Casey right away asked if she could file a report. She says that she had a drink thrown at her and said, quote, this girl has been harassing me for a while. I have her cell phone number. Very first few words out of her mouth. Casey then goes on to say, quote, she verbally assaulted but physically assaulted me with witnesses. I'm still damp from the drink she threw at me. The cop asks why she threw a drink at her and Casey says, quote, we had a verbal altercation outside. The cop then asks her to elaborate and Casey goes on to say, quote, we dated the same person for a couple years. When they were together and not together, she got upset that he texted me. I let her know that he had and she came inside and threw a drink at me. She went on to say that she tries not to make a big deal of things, which, sure, Jan. <laughs> but this woman has been a problem of hers for three years, which sounds familiar. Didn't you have other problems, Casey, for three years? <laughs> that's her That's her max. That's her ceiling. Right. Three years. Right. You can't do anything for more than three years. <laughs> so Casey allegedly tried changing her phone number. She claims that this lady has also moved near her. But every time she tries to, every time she says to the cop, I have witnesses she says it with a big ass smile on her face which might be like a weird whatever knee jerk kind of fucking thing but like she's one person I fucking hate seeing smile that's a bitch I want to see without teeth like the photoshop celebrities without teeth I want that to be Casey Anthony <laughs> or like a bird beak <laughs> yes also like it I think I actually think you were like it's not really relevant I think it is relevant to show that like she's never really changed because that's yeah. like her whole argument in this documentary is that I'm so different now mm-hmm. You're not. No. There's no way someone like that can change. Okay, to get into the documentary. Mm-hmm. So um, there was a Guardian article written about the documentary. It's it's not like a live review mm-hmm. like some people do. It's just like, it's like a couple days later or whatever, they were talking about it. Um, they equated her to the O.J. Simpson of her day, which is pretty accurate. Um, yeah, yeah. I liked that uh analogy he's he said that parts of it play like a dating show sizzle reel which is kind of true she's in like athleisure (laughs) like with her hair and like they zoom in on her with a sunset in the background her hair's like blowing in the wind and stuff like it is kind of the the, in the article he said that he made it made everyone think she did it even more but like i said i saw on facebook groups and things that people were saying how they were unsure basically the census is that it just polarized people all over again absolutely Um, I feel like it was far less too also about trying to seek the truth. Like it Oh, it was just about it went discrediting George. Yes. That was all that she was trying to do. It's so <sighs> weird. Um I was like actually really uncomfortable watching this documentary. I was a little bit too. So one of the points that the Guardian article made is that why wouldn't she have confronted her father when she was facing the death penalty? Like, mm-hmm. again, kind of to your point, what you said earlier is that, like, by having the death penalty on the table, it brings out, like, people are literally dredging the bottom of the river as much as possible, <laughs> yeah. trying to get every last piece of evidence or whatever they can. So if this were true and you were facing the death penalty, why wouldn't you try and throw your father under the bus as much as possible that's like perfect timing they basically gave that to you on a silver platter yeah 
Joy Bahar, I think is how you say her name, or Behar, of The View, compared to the documentary to Netflix's scripted Dahmer series, sourcing oh. both as plays for ratings, oh, which... Shit. Uh, I know a lot of people have issues with the Dahmer series, mm-hmm. especially the families of the victims. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was an interesting take on that. Yep. Um, but also, after the documentary came out, Rosie O'Donnell uh, <laughs> came out in a TikTok that she thought that Casey's story in the documentary made a lot of sense. Which I, I think hate is Rosie. I know. Why God do you do it. these things? Why did you um, break your own arm, Rosie? <laughs> God, what is wrong with you? And then the Guardian article also said that they thought the pictures that she brought of Kaylee to the rental house where it was filmed Mm -hmm. was like almost all of them were pictures that had been publicized of Kaylee, which Mm. is like kind of to make everybody feel bad Mm -hmm. um, because it's like all the pictures that we know of her. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, I mean, she was only three not even three when she died so like she probably didn't have a ton of pictures of her because it wasn't like iphone time really Mm -hmm. i don't know mixed feelings Hmm. anyway um i mean i think kaylee's casey is wrong in every way so it's not mixed feelings about that just about this picture specifically um tell me quickly what your theory is that's this is I took some time like trying to type this out and I stared at a fucking blank page for a while because it could be so many different fucking things. Like it's, mm-hmm. it could be this person from Clue or this thing is what caused it. Yeah. Like the one thing that I kind of stand firm on is that I think there was some sort of incidental overdose or some sort of accident that freaked Kaylee out or Casey out and she kind of fumbled and she tried to cover it up and didn't know what the fuck to do. So she kept her body, Kaylee's body in the trunk for quite some time, trying to figure it out and just came to terms that she just is going to throw it basically on the side of the road. That to me is like, seems like the simplest thing to go with, but it also seems like the Xanax thing also makes sense, but it's also like very, very hard to, I don't want to say very hard. It's difficult to overdose on Xanax. Like there has to be some or some other substance or substances in your system that will trigger an overdose. I don't know anything about the Xanax, like the effects of Xanax mm-hmm. on a two-year-old, though. I will say I that. I know it causes I... really bad like respiratory uh, failure with kids. So like that could make sense. Mm-hmm. But it could also make sense as to like the duct tape was put over her mouth to maybe speed it up or to um, yeah. hide her face from, you know, the actual. That was the that was the other thing that I, I was thinking that you said it, it can lead to respiratory things that I was like, well, what if maybe she had been dosing her with Xanax kind of like periodically mm-hmm. um, and it had caused this sort of like respiratory infection that she like couldn't get rid of. So maybe she overdosed her on like cough medicine. Right. And that's actually what killed her. But I still don't understand why the duct tape, if she was already dead, exactly. That's, that's what I cannot like reconcile with the accidental death theory, which is what I've always thought. I think, I don't know. I think she absolutely tried to, silence if not subdue Kaylee in some sort of way and the dosage got off or something was taken too far and it it was just downhill from there and she just freaked the fuck out but like if that's the case like why 
why not call your dad someone that could potentially help you and tell you what the fuck to do instead of go this route especially if you were still supposedly so like under his spell at this point right yeah why didn't you call him because you guys you supposedly were like so enamored with him i mean Uh those fucking jail videos are so weird where she's like all like Oh, dad. I don't know if she says daddy, but basically that's what it reads in my yeah, mind. It's like, oh, yeah. daddy, you're going to save me. Right. Like, I don't know. If she's that well groomed to where she feels like she has to do everything that George is telling her and has to follow and pretend like everything's going to be okay, then like, what, what, where was the disconnect with this then? That too. And if she's supposedly so well-groomed that she do, only does whatever George tells her to do, why would she go, like, fuck off for a month, right. not contacting anybody, get this fucking tattoo that's supposedly a fuck you to her family, mm-hmm. and not answer the phone when George called her? Right. I just don't... It, none of it adds up. There is no... Nothing about this case is linear. Uh, I think the duct tape in some sort of way was meant to if okay if it wasn't meant to either speed up the killing of Kaylee or to hide her face I think it was meant in some way to throw the police off so they would actually think it is a kidnapping maybe that's a good theory fuck dude I I don't know know. it's we're never gonna get an answer that's all I know no not even on her fucking deathbed do I think that she would give no. us the good grace of telling us what the fuck actually happened. Because honestly, as much as I wish that George would write a book, I don't think he knows the whole story. I oh, just want to know what his side is. Yeah. I don't think he knows the whole story, but I, I do want to know what he has to say. And I can't even try to point to um, Lee as the Burke of the family and say that he knows more than he's leading on to be. Like, I feel like there's nobody in this family, aside from maybe Casey herself, that knows a goddamn thing. (sighs) Uh, Well, okay, so... We did it. Shall we tell them what we're doing next? Well, you got to tell me. I don't really know what we're doing next. Yeah. So Amelia's birthday is on the 13th, right? (gasps) No, March 11th. (laughs) Oh, the 11th. That's right. Sorry. Um, So Amelia's birthday is on the 11th. Um, So we decided to change things up a little bit for Mm -hmm. big events in our lives, including birthdays and weddings, um, where (laughs) we are going to gift each other a episode where the other person does not have to do any research for it so for this next episode it's going to be a little bit more you know like my favorite murder or morbid style Mm. where i'm just going to tell emilio the case um and then he will do the same for me when it's my birthday and other big events in our lives so for the next case which is our first attempt at this i am going to be telling emilio the story of olaf palme which i have no idea if i'm saying that right he's a swedish prime minister yeah, he was a Swedish prime minister who was assassinated. Huh. Okay. I am excited. I'm highly intrigued. It's probably going to be hard for me not to watch or read something about it. Yeah, uh, honestly, not a lot. Not oh, a ton okay. about it. So hmm. it it actually won't be as hard as you think. Okay. Um, I'm so excited. But, but that'll yeah. probably launch or drop April? Yeah, it won't be in line because this obviously was two episodes. So um, I will be giving that present a little late, but... That's okay. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah, we're excited to try something new. Um, Anything else you would like to say to our lovely listeners? 
Um, no, thank you guys for coming back. Or if you're a brand new listener, welcome. Please stick around. Yes. Um, please, please follow us on Instagram at your next pod, P-O-D. Um, if you have a case you would like us to cover, we will always take your suggestions. So just email us, um, I guess, some cliff notes about it. And at your next pod. Oh, yeah, that would help. <laughs> <laughs> also, you guys, please leave us some ratings. We don't we hardly have like any fucking ratings out there um it's gonna help heighten awareness and spread us to other people and get us higher up on the algorithms because that shit fucking matters and i think that's really yeah. it tell a friend um shout out yeah. to Brittany for telling all of our friends that because i'm too shy to do it <laughs> that i have a podcast now um but yeah we will we'll be back soon with our first swedish case no, and yeah. um, no more breaks nothing no more breaks like that yeah there might be another little surprise in there soon so Ooh. um oh what is it oh uh, you know what it is my wedding no the the who the okay i heard slaw <laughs> <laughs> coleslaw what are we talking about coleslaw for <laughs> Cut out okay all right that's it you guys. Uh, wait what's what's the new tagline beware you're next <laughs> i like it <laughs> okay bye guys bye, bye.